Well, hello, <clears throat> and welcome back to The Word in a Year. Uh, my name is Jason, and uh, man, I, I gotta first off just apologize for the amount of time that I've been away. I, uh, as most of you know, um, traveled to uh, Seattle to be with my family, and um, my mom is doing a little better. You know, she's home, and she's doing the things that she's supposed to be doing, and um, still got some road ahead of her to uh, be able to get back to where she needs to be, but we know all that's in God's hands, and we know that he's taking care of that. Uh, but man, since I've been back to uh, Alaska here, um, work has just been um, incredibly long, and um, worked just about every day since I've been home. Um, so I just, uh, really apologize for my tardiness in, um, podcasting, but, uh, hopefully all that's over with and we can get back on track here, um, and, uh, get back to, uh, reading the word of God together. Um, have we stopped reading the word? I hope not. I hope that uh, every single day you pick up the Word of God and you read something out of it um, because it's where we glean our strength from. It's where we glean uh, information and wisdom and all of those things you get from the Word of God. And, um, you know, that that, uh, the person that coined the Bible as basic instructions before leaving earth was 100% correct because that is exactly what we need to be able to um, get us through and to be able to know uh, the the times and the seasons. Uh, The Bible says that that, uh, we're to redeem the time because the days are evil. And so we're supposed to know the times and the seasons that we're in um, so that we can effectively uh, know how to minister, so we can effectively know how to witness, um, so that we can... Um, know where we stand um, and uh, I just I hope that you feel the the sense of urgency in your heart um, that I feel in mind for the lost and for uh, to see people come back to know God um, the, the prodigals to come home and, and and so in the word of God is where we find each and every one of those instructions how do we do that how do we ensure that, um, you know, our, our friends and our loved ones understand what's coming, what Jesus has done for them, uh, that Jesus is alive and he's well and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the things that they need and the things uh, that they desire in their hearts, right? The Bible says that uh, if we commit our way to him and, and we trust in him, that he is going to um, lead us and guide us and that he's going to, um, give us the desires of our heart. And, um, so that's my prayer today is that you're constantly in the word of God. And it doesn't matter whether or not, you know, we go on a podcast and we read, we read the Bible together. Um, that's fun and, um, that's fine. And that's something that, uh, we should be doing on a daily basis, but that's not where we should stop. We should always be in the word and we should always be um, understanding the word and what God has to say to us. So uh, today, uh, without uh, further delay, we are going to go ahead and pray 
and then we are going to get started um, reading the last couple chapters of Deuteronomy, um, and then moving into um, the next book of the Bible. And uh, let's see here. Let's see. So we've got Deuteronomy chapter 33 and chapter 34 to read, and then we'll be moving into Joshua today. So uh, let's pray and let's just believe God that he's going to open up his word to us and that he's going to speak to us today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for each and every person, Lord God, that is joining us, has joined us, Lord God, and will be joining us, Father. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would have your perfect way today. That, Lord God, you would teach us through your word, that you would speak to us through your word, Lord God. Father, you would correct us through your word. Father, that uh, you would do the things that your word is supposed to do in each and every one of our lives. And we're going to be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory for what you've done, for what you're doing, and for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 1 says, And the Lord came down from Mount Sinai and dawned upon us from Mount Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran and came from Merbah Kadesh with flaming fire at his right hand. Indeed, he loves his people. All his holy ones are in his hands. They follow in his steps and accept his teaching. Moses gave us the Lord's instruction the special possession of the people of Israel. The Lord became king in Israel when the leaders of the people of when the leaders of the people assembled, when the tribes of Israel gathered as one. Moses said this about the tribe of Reuben Let the tribe of Reuben live and not die out, though they are few in number. Moses said this about the tribe of Judah. O oh Lord, hear the cry of Judah and bring them together as a people. Give them strength to defend their cause and help them against their enemies. Moses said this about the tribe of Levi. O Lord, you have given your Thummim and your Urim, the sacred lots, to your faithful servants, the Levites. You put them to test at Manasseh, or at Massah, and struggled with them at the waters of Meribah. The Levites obeyed your word and guarded your covenant. They were more loyal to you than to their own parents. They ignored their relatives and did not acknowledge their own children. They teach your regulations to Jacob and give your instructions to Israel. They present incense before you and offer whole burnt offerings on the altar. Bless the ministry of the Levites, O Lord, and accept all the work of their hands. Hit their enemy where it hurts the most. Strike down their foes so they never rise again. Moses said this about the tribe of Benjamin. The people of Benjamin are loved by the Lord and live in safety beside him. He surrounds them continuously and preserves them from every harm. Moses said this about the tribe of Joseph. May their land be blessed by the Lord with the precious gift of dew from the heavens and water from beneath the earth. With the rich fruit they grow in the sun and the rich harvest produced each month. With the fine crops of the ancient mountains and the abundance from the everlasting hills, 
with the best gifts of the earth and its bounty and the favor of the one who appeared in the burning bush. May these blessings rest upon Joseph's head, crowning the brow of the prince among his brothers. Joseph has the majesty of a young bull. He has the horns of a wild ox. He will gore distant nations even to the ends of the earth. This is my blessing for the multitudes of Ephraim and the, and the thousands of Manasseh. Moses said this about the tribes of Zebulun and Issachar. May the people of Zebulun prosper in their travels. May the people of Issachar prosper at home in their tents. They summon the people to the mountain and to offer proper sacrifices there. They benefit from the riches of the sea and the hidden treasures in the sand. Moses said this about the tribe of Gad. Blessed is the one who enlarges Gad's territory. Gad is poised there like a lion to tear off an arm or a head. The people of Gad took the best land for themselves. A leader's share was assigned to them. When the leaders of the people were assembled, they carried out the Lord's justice and obeyed his regulations for Israel. Moses said this about the tribe of Dan. Dan is a lion's cub, leaping out from Bashan. Moses said this about the tribe of Naphtali. O Naphtali, you are rich in favor and full of the Lord's blessings. May you possess the west and the south. Moses said this about the tribe of Asher. May Asher be blessed above all other sons. May he be esteemed by his brothers. May he bathe his feet in in olive oil. May the bolts of your gates be of iron and bronze. May you be secure all your days. There is no one like the God of Israel. He rides across the heavens to help you, across the skies in majestic splendor. The eternal God is your refuge, and his everlasting arms are under you. He drives out the enemy before you. He cries out, destroy them. So Israel will live in safety, prosperous Jacob in security. In a land of grain and new wine, while the heavens drop down dew. How blessed you are, O Israel! Who else is like you, a people saved by the Lord? He is your your protecting shield and your triumphant sword. Your enemies will cringe before you, and you will stomp on their backs. Then Moses went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab and climbed Pisgah Peak which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Natali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, extending to the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zor. Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The Lord buried him in a a valley near Beth Peor in Moab, but to this day no one knows the exact place. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyesight was clear, and he was as strong as ever. The people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for thirty days, until the customary period of mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. 
for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him, doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants in his entire land. With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all of Israel. And that ends the book of Deuteronomy. And we start with Joshua chapter 1. This is the Lord's charge to Joshua. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving you. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will, all, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instruction Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God has given you a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, children, and livestock may remain here, in the land Moses assigned to you on the east side of the Jordan River. But your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer the territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest as he has given you rest, and until they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. Only then may you return and settle here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, assigned to you. They answered Joshua, We will do whatever you command us. We will go wherever you send us. We will obey just as we obeyed Moses. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your orders and does not obey your words and everything you command will be put to death. So be strong and courageous. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia Grove. He instructed them, Scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out to the camp, 
set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men you have come into your, who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up to the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in this land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and my mother and my brothers and sisters and all their families. We offer our own lives as guarantee for your safety. The men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then, since Rahab's house was built into the town wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Escape to the hill country, she told them. Hide there for three days from the men searching for you. Then, when they have returned, you can go on your way. Before they left, the men told her, We will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members, your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. If they go out into the street and are killed, it will not be our fault. But if anyone lays a hand on the people inside this house, we will, expe- we will accept the responsibility for their death. If you betray us, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way. Except, I accept your terms, she replied. And she sent them on their way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. The spies went up into the hill country and stayed there three days. The men who were chasing them searched everywhere along the road, but they finally returned without success. Then the two spies came down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River, and reported to Joshua all that had happened to them. The Lord has given us the whole land, they said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, move out 
from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, Lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all of the Israelites. They will know that I am with you, just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry out the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, Come, listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all of the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So we're going to stop there for today. You know, in this, uh, in, in these few passages of Scripture, I think two things have popped out to me uh, the most this morning. The first is, is that Moses was faithful in everything that God asked him to do. Because of it, God rewarded him with good health, with strong bones, and the fact that he lived 120 years and he really didn't have the, the health conditions and the different things like that that we have today. God was faithful to Moses because Moses was faithful to the call of God. And I noticed in, the, in that passage of scripture where it, it says, the Lord buried Moses, and to this day, we really don't know where he's buried. You know, someday, I was talking to the kids in my children's church yesterday um, about uh, the rapture, and I was trying to uh, uh, put it in kind of how they would understand it, and, and um, they, were, they were asking me, um, you know, uh, 
we were, we were talking about, um, you know, someday we're just going to jump up and we're, we're not going to come down. We're just going to keep going up and up and up. And, and I was telling them that uh, um, when my dad and I, we were together uh, talking about the Bible and the different things. And um, when we were in Seattle a couple weeks ago, we started talking about the twinkling of an eye. The Bible says in the moment in the twinkling of an eye that the dead in Christ arise shall... Uh, that the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then those that have been caught, or those that remain and are alive, will be caught away to be forever with the Lord. And when you really think about a twinkle, it is faster than a blink. Okay, most people say in the blink of an eye, right? It is faster than that. It is just that gleam that goes across your eye, right? When, when light hits your eye or, or, or whatever. But one way or another, it is faster than a blink. In, a, in, a, in a, the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be gone. And you know what? The only, the only way that we're going to know where Moses was buried is because his body is going to rise just like every other Christian that has gone on before us and has paved the way for us. Moses paved the way for Joshua to continue in the ministry that God had laid in front of him. And, you know, that needs to be our desire is that the people that have gone before us that have paved the way for us have the same attitude that Joshua had the minute that Moses died and the Lord spoke to him and said, I've made you and I've created you for such a time as this. Oh, church, I believe that there are people that have been made and created for such a time as this right now to pick up where people like Billy Graham left off, to pick up where people like um, our pastors and the people that have gone before us. And, and, and we've seen in, in our church denomination, we have seen people pass this year that were, you know, they either had COVID or they had other health conditions or things like that, that, that COVID exacerbated. And one way or another, it just ended up that they received their eternal reward and people are left going, why? But the Lord is there saying, listen, I have created you to pick up the mantle that those people had and carry it to the promised land. And that's what Joshua did. And so what did, what did the Lord tell Joshua to do? He says, listen, you be strong and courageous, just like Moses was. Moses, let's just remember a few things that Moses did. Moses went to bat for the children of Israel every single time they messed up. Moses went to God and said, God, I just don't know what to do with these people. And every single time God gave him a word and every single time he took that word to the children of Israel, what happened? We saw miraculous things take place through those people. We know that Moses was the, was this, um, the person that received the Ten Commandments from God. And we still have those commandments to this day. Those commandments are still hanging in courthouses. Those commandments are still hanging in, in people's office buildings. Those commandments are hanging in our churches. Those commandments are hanging all over. Why? Because Moses was faithful to God and, and went up on that mountain and listened to God. Listened to what he had to say. 
And then God began to write down the things that he wanted Moses to tell the people of God. And what did Moses do? He didn't keep it to himself. Moses began to walk down that mountain with those stones in his hand. And he began to tell the people, listen, this is what God said you will do. And this is what God said you won't do. Listen, we now have the word of God that we spend time every single day in so that we have something to go out there and give to other people. We spend time in prayer so that we have something to be able to go out and give to other people. If Moses would have kept it to himself, we would not have the Ten Commandments the way that we had it today. If Moses would have been scared of the people and said, you know what? Their group is too big and too strong and they're too angry with me right now and all of that kind of stuff. If Moses would have said those things, we would have never had the church that we have today. We would have never had the word of God that we had today. Why? Because Moses had to pave a way for Joshua to come in. And now Joshua is leading the people of God into the promised land. And we're going to see how Joshua, oh man, this guy was faithful. This guy just continued to do the things that, that God asked him to do. And he said, and God again said, listen, be strong and very courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. You know, sometimes I think fear cripples us from doing what God has told us to do. You know, we don't know what's going to take place over these next months, years, decades, however long we have until Jesus comes back to this earth. But I can tell you that there's a lot of churches in a lot of different places that have shut down over the fear of a pandemic, over the fear of what is somebody going to say to me, over the fear of are they ever going to come back to church? They get discouraged, they get downtrodden, they 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 find themselves in a place where they just don't believe that anything is ever going to change. And listen, a year ago we were saying, when is this going to end? And it looked like we were never going to get back to the way that things used to be. And now here we sit in 2021, a quarter of America is vaccinated. Another quarter of America has had the first vaccine. We're starting to see a, a decline in the amount of deaths. We're starting to see a decline in the amount of cases. We're starting to see a decline in all of these things. And yet, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we praising God that we are coming out of this? alive and we're getting back to normal and we're opening our churches back up and we're doing the things that we're supposed to do or are we saying the damage is irreparable and we're not going to do anything else because we're never going to get those people back they're so used to sitting in their house they're never going to come back to church can i just challenge us this morning that the same charge that he gave to joshua when he began to bring Joshua and the children of Israel into the promised land is the same charge that is available, us, is available to us today because we have the same mandate on us that Joshua had on him. It's to lead people 
into the promised land. Now, we're not leading them into Canaan in this specific situation. We're leading them into the promised land that is New Jerusalem, that is heaven, that is the place that is created for every single person that he said, listen, you don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. Listen, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare that place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. That's a promise from Jesus himself. When he went away from this earth, he said, listen, I got to go away for a while. But while I'm gone, it's going to be the biggest construction process, construction program that has ever taken place. And we're going to be building and we're going to be creating this place. And every single time another soul gets saved, a foundation gets laid for another mansion in heaven. Oh, I could just imagine right now. Think about New Jerusalem. Think about the place that God has created for us. Think about those places that, that he says that um, we're going to have a, a crown of righteousness. We're going to have, um, you know, we're going to be without sickness. We're going to be without disease. We're going to be without uh, mourning. We're going to be, uh, you know, there's no going to be sadness. There's no longer going to be pain. There's no longer going to be lying. There's no longer going to be um, politicians trying to tell you one way to go and, and, and other politicians telling you, try to tell you the other way to go. And there's no longer going to be false prophets. And there's no longer going to be all of these things. Why? Because there will be no need for those things there. Because the Lord himself will be there and he will wipe every tear from their eye he will take away every sickness he will take away every pain he will take away every disease he will take away everything that has happened here on this earth he will take us from mortality to immortality oh hallelujah that is the land that we are leading people towards but yet oh but yet, there's also the voices that are in this world that say that the things of God are not the right things. The things of God are, are, are fables. They're mere stories. They're not the way that things are. They're not true. That you know, there, There's all kinds of those naysayers out there. I spoke with the, with the kids yesterday on, on the story of just before Jesus was translated up to heaven. And we had the great transfiguration. We had a, a story in the Bible that was talking about the disciples and they went fishing one day. And man, they had their nets out in the, the water and they caught nothing. An entire day, on into the evening, on into the overnight hours, the nets were completely empty. They hadn't really seen Jesus all that much at this point. But Jesus shows up on the shore and says, Hey, you, disciples, 
You caught anything? And they're like, nope. Haven't caught a thing. And Jesus says, take your net that's on the left side of your boat and cast it onto the right side. Now, I did some study on that and the right side of the boat is where all of the motor and, and all of that kind of stuff for the boat was. So throwing your net on that side of the boat was extremely risky. And so that is why they threw their nets on the left side of the boat. But you know what? Jesus asks us to do some risky things sometimes. Jesus asks us to go to some places that we never even thought possible sometimes. It's risky business doing the work of God. But you know what? With great risk comes great reward. And so they took the net from the left side and they threw it over onto the right side. And the Bible says that they begin to fill up and they begin to have so much that the net could not contain all of what God was giving them that day. And I told the kids this, I said, you know, I, I grew up in Southeast Alaska. I grew up fishing and there were certain hooks that were perfect for salmon fishing. And there were other hooks that were not. I could go and I could buy one hook and I could get to the, the bridge where we would fish off of and somebody would be just, man, getting a fish after fish after fish after fish and everybody would ask them, what's he using? And they would tell us that they were using this one specific jig or this one specific uh, pixie hook or this one specific something to catch fish. And man, I, I would leave where I was at and I would run down to the hardware store and I'd call my dad and be like, hey, I need $2 because I got to buy this jig because this jig is getting every single salmon in the ocean. And I'd go and I'd buy that jig and sure enough, that jig would be the one thing that would keep hitting and would keep catching fish over and over and over again. And God just began to speak to me and say, you know what? There's a lot of hooks in the water. There's a lot of other things that people are trying. But the only thing that's going to work is my hook, is my jig, is my word. That's the only thing that's going to be able to work. And so what did he tell those disciples? He said, listen, leave your nets. Stop being fishermen and become fishers of men. That's what we are created to do. That's what Joshua was. He was created to be a fisher of men. He was created to lead. He was created to guide, just like we are created to lead and to guide in this time that we're living in. And I believe, I believe, the more good hooks that we have out there in the water, the more that we are going to catch the fish that God wants us to catch. Now, that's a fishing analogy, but let's just take it back to the boat for just a second. You know, they, they fished the same way all of their lives. 
But yet, when Jesus showed up on scene, he asked them to do something different. He asked them to take a risk. And that risk paid off with great reward. God is asking us today, take some risks. Those risks are going to pay off with great reward. I don't know what that means for you this, today. I don't know what that means in your health. I don't know what that means in your, in your spiritual walk with God. I don't know what that means in your ministry. But can I tell you that if God said it, do it. Take some risks. If you've been praying for something and you haven't seen it happen, take some risks. Step out and see if God will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you do not have room enough to contain. Oh, hallelujah. Can we be fishers of men? Can we be fishers of men? Can we get the hooks that are not working out of the water? If we're throwing hooks of attitude, if we're throwing hooks of malice, if we're throwing hooks of anger into the water of this world and saying, this is what a Christian looks like, can we stop doing that? Can we reel that hook in? And can we be the church? The church of the living God. The church that was called out of darkness and into marvelous light. The church that was called out of the boat. The church that was called out of the ordinary to do extraordinary. Can we do that for God? We will see him show up and do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think. Let's pray today. Lord, I love your word. I love teaching your word. I love expounding on your word, God. Father, today I believe that you have given us a message. Father, I believe that this message is for each and every person that will listen to this podcast today. It is time that we stop doing the ordinary things and we start doing the extraordinary things that you have called us to do. It is time, Lord God, that we stop throwing out the hooks of, uh, of all of the things of the world, Lord, while we try to be the church. And Lord God, we reel all of those things in and we concentrate on that one hook that is going to bring the fish into the boat. And that is the word of God. Father, help us to teach the word of God. Help us to preach the word of God. Help us to sing the word of God. Help us, Lord God, to expound upon the word of God. And Father, as uh, 1 Peter chapter 3 says, when we are asked for the hope that we have, we are ready to give an account of everything that you have done for us. God, help us. Help us to use our story to be that hook, Lord God, through the word of God 
that brings people in to the kingdom of God. Father, I pray that we would get our nets off of the right side of the boat and we would do something risky and we would throw our nets on the, uh, I'm sorry, the left-hand side and we would throw our nets on the right-hand side. And Lord God, we would see an abundant harvest come into our nets. Lord God, those nets be in our churches, those nets be in our families, those nets, Lord God, be in our workplaces. God, wherever it is that you send us, wherever it is, Lord God, that we go, Father, I pray our nets fill up as we do something risky to ensure the harvest is ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to lead well. Help us to stay on track. Help us to do the right thing. Help us in everything that we do and in everything that we say to be pleasing in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Remember, Jesus loves you. We love you. And we will see you next time on The Word in a Year.